when i was going for one of my first sales meetings corporate sales meetings it was a dreadful experience i had been chasing this particular prospect for more than 3 months and finally when i was able to get a meeting with him i had traveled for over 1 hour wading through interstate traffic jams and even waiting in the launch area for more than 30 minutes and after all this waiting and ordeal when i finally got into the meeting room with him i was there only for 10 minutes yes and in 10 minutes i knew that everything had fallen apart he was not going to buy my solution or service that i was offering but could i have had a different outcome for this meeting probably yes because there are a few things or techniques which i could have leveraged which could have given me a positive or a desired result and one of the main techniques which i could have used was storytelling the use of stories in sales is a very powerful tool to help you gain the preference and attention of your buyer by helping and getting them to see how is it that you can help them and this is exactly what we are going to discuss in this episode today how to leverage storytelling in sales fall in love with selling as you acquire the right mindset selling style and sales process that helps you take your business to more prospects potential clients and the world at large if you are a women entrepreneur who is looking to get more sales scale and sustainability in your business you have come to the right place i'm roshni baronia your host for the show is the sales which is all about helping you bring your authentic and influential self to each sales conversation many people who believe themselves to be an introvert feel that it is immensely difficult for them to go out there and sell it seems manipulative or selfish to them if you are one of them you are in for a treat today because i have someone with me today who has not only gone from being an introvert to being a successful business woman launching a million dollar business but who is also teaching business leaders and entrepreneurs how to use storytelling so that they can stand out eliminate inhibition and get more sales i have with me yasmin khater joining us all the way from singapore for this episode Yasmin is creator of the Sales Story Method and conducts her signature training program Sales Story Labs with corporates and small business owners where she helps people leverage the power of storytelling to sell without feeling or being sleazy, pushy or pretending to be someone else. She has also launched a brand new business right in the middle of the pandemic and I would like to hear about that first Yasmin how did you find the courage and conviction to launch a new business in these times Actually uh what some of the most biggest businesses in the world were launched during crises and one of the thing that we got to have an advantage is because everyone was at home 
uh, I launch a card game, a card game to teach kids and adults how to be safe uh, from viruses um, during this time. So we had no experience on going ahead and doing a, a card game. And because we had no experience, we could ask our friends. We could ask people who were in PR. We could ask people who were in production. We had asked people who were education consultants for kids, all these different things as a result of the fact that you literally have a lot of people who are bored in lockdown who, if you leverage your network correctly, you can do a lot of things and help you. Um, so it took us 10 weeks to launch Arcane, Bye Bye Virus. And uh, in the last... Like, and then in the first four weeks after we launched, we made about $26,000 wow. um, from this $30 game, which people will be like, what? And, and I think that the thing is like, we sit in a world where there's actually so many opportunities. People think that actually there's not, you know, like there's only that one idea to become wealthy or one idea to, to sell or one business idea. Actually, we have so many. Right. Um, and I just remember that, that like one of my good friends, his father, he's a, He's a business tycoon in Ghana, in West Africa. And he's like, you know, the problem with you children is you think that the ideas are limited. He's a very staunch Christian, right? Yeah. He's like, the Lord, he will take an idea and he will make a hundred photocopies and he will pass them everywhere. But it's the people who pick up that idea and go ahead and implement that idea are the ones who reap the rewards and the ones who don't. Well, that's just a choice for you. Yeah, that's why they say idea uh, are dime a dozen, but it's all about the execution and the implementation of it. And I think that's what yeah. differentiates every entrepreneur or business idea. It's about the execution, how the same idea is being executed by everyone. But that's yeah. a great and then the, the second part of the question that you asked with regards to that fear or that courage, um, I think it's also the fact that like courage is not born overnight. Courage happens because you start getting used to that. You start going ahead and doing that. So this is now probably my fourth business. Mm. So it's a lot easier. There's things that you can go ahead and reference and leverage that you can reuse over and over again. So I think it's very different because I remember like when I first started out, I had a side business when I was 22 years old and the idea of investing like $200 felt like a lot of money. And now with my card game, we invested before we made any profit about $9,000 but it's just because like you get comfortable. And with my agency, we were spending an overhead of $40,000 per month. So it's, it doesn't happen overnight. Like, so if you're starting out, you're thinking I have to invest in my business. Sometimes the first investment is like a hundred dollars buying a domain, right. right. And buying a hosting. And that is already like a huge investment. <laughs> and then now, then you're like, Oh, okay, cool. Like I've spent a hundred bucks. I, you know, what is the next investment? So don't look at where I'm at, look at where you're starting and just remember that everyone starts somewhere. And for me, that the first investments in my business were so scary. Like I remember when I hired a designer and I hired someone and I paid a hundred dollars. It was from um, the, the old version of Upwork and it was a guy in India and I was like so petrified because I had just but it was really strange to invest in my business. So it was like a very, like somehow your brain make association that like I'm investing in actually in my dreams and what I want. Right. Right. In fact, uh, in the fact, that's a very good term that you have uh, been using investment because many entrepreneurs see 
a lot of uh, things they are doing in their business as an expense or an overhead but uh, they have to demarcate and clearly understand what is an expense and what is uh, an investment so it's great that you have been investing in your business and uh, then taking it to the next next level so but tell me like the work that you are doing with sales story method so your sales story lab that we just talked about that is your training business with your corporates so what's your story of onboarding the first client for your training business what was the experience and the story for that so actually i got my first training client from my uh, other business where we were doing case study videos for sales teams um and a bank approached us and said hey can you train our sales teams because when you edit a video you can you know you can reverse cut certain parts of it but when you're in a conversation you don't have that option so i went in and i realized oh my gosh i really missed this because i spent nearly um 6 years training teaching coaching entrepreneurs on how to become more effective and i realized it's pretty much essentially the same so in january 31st last year i ended up launching the sales story method and that was developed over like about 6 years of working in terms of like the the way i would approach selling um and then within a few weeks later i got my first client and onboarding for me is just really about realigning with that customer becoming clear what do they want to achieve what is their metrics of success and then from there going ahead and just rolling it out uh, and then obviously over the past one and a half years it's just gotten better and better and better mm-hmm. right that's interesting but uh, but uh, how did you arrive at creating a niche of storytelling like how did you figure out that storytelling in sales is your niche so that that came from actually just working on it for for years so at the very very beginning when i first started um my business i was actually pretty terrible at selling but what was really interesting is every time i shared a story people would reach out to me and say hey I want to work with you. I I'm I you know I could see myself in your shoes. I could, you know, I can relate to what you're going through. And that's when I realized that you don't necessarily have to look at selling as pitching or convincing or or pushing someone. I think that's the old way of selling. But if you are able to connect, if you're able to articulate what someone is struggling with in a way that makes sense, then they're not only going to remember you, but they're also going to want to connect with you. and it's incredible because every time i do a program i get people asking me to be on podcast people asking me to contribute to books or to articles and it's just because of the fact that like they can resonate they can connect they're, they're also like looking as like oh yeah like i can see myself in her shoes um and that's when i started to realize what if i just develop that further um and over the past 6 years i have i've been going ahead i've been looking at that and in terms of when you're developing an irresistible rejection proof offer how you incorporate more narrative to make someone trust and feel much more connected and there's a whole depth of of space in that there's a whole depth in terms of how you can fast track trust for something that i am very interested in um and i realized just by teaching my clients all of a sudden they went from struggling with sales to you know selling 5 10 50 100 200,000 contracts really easily just because of the shift of how to look at it and the process of how to do that so it's been a really fun journey um and then 
it's kind of become what it is. And sometimes I feel like when you're starting out, you may not know the specific niche that you're going to be in and that's fine, but just keep on being committed to doing great work and making sure that your customers are happy and improving that. Because if you're always improving that process for your customers, then it's just going to become deeper and deeper in what you can actually offer them. And the results become incredible. Right. Right. Uh, like creating of niche is actually a process, a journey. So yeah. it's okay if you don't have it in the first go, but over the time when you keep talking to your customers and clients and you keep seeing what results you are, your work is creating to them and with them. So then is when your niche evolves. Yeah. And if I look at even my production agency, when I was doing video, um, I had a, a friend of mine who had wanted to work with me for a long time. So eventually it made sense because a lot of sales teams were looking to use video. Video was quite hot at the time. And in the end, like the niche that we ended up finding was doing two kinds of videos. And one of them was in terms of case study videos for sales teams, right? Very specific, very niche. And the second thing were employee engagement CSR videos. So by even narrowing with that, it helped us scale and grow the business quite quickly because then you become specific and then you become an expert. And when you become an expert at something, you can increase the price point of what you're selling versus when you're very generic. And when you're first starting out, it's okay to be generic because you're still finding your footing. But then over time, you start to realize, mm, this is where the problem I really want to help solve. This is where my customers are dreading. This is where I see the potential to go ahead and work with them and offer them transformational resort results that are really incredible. Right, right. That's, that's very uh, nice of you to point out that, uh, yes, it's, it takes time to understand what you are great at and want to establish yourself and seen as the expert in. That's uh, nice. But uh, I also know your story of being an introvert, like we started in the uh, start of the episode, that uh, it is something which we introverts can relate to. So you've been an introvert as a young girl, and I know that you've shared your story of when your mother asked you to help her in selling the raffle tickets for a charity, and you just couldn't do it till the time your mother said that just go and talk to that one person. So from the fear of talking to people and now to a place where you are actually teaching people how to talk and sell. So what's your journey of falling in love with selling? How did that come about? You realized that, yes, this is what I love doing. So I think there's a misconception. People think that to be good in sales, you need to be extroverted. Um, but for me, to be good at sales, you have to be great at listening. And introverts have an advantage because we would rather listen than always speak. So that essentially is like something that was a magic tool that I got to use to my favor. Um, and then for me, what's more important is like, I love helping people solve problems. Like I studied psychology to be a therapist. Like I love solving problems. So going ahead and looking at sales as an opportunity to solve a problem for someone is a very different space than, you know, pushing or hitting targets or doing something like that. And it's also like, for example, I work with a lot of tech companies and they sell software. And it's, at the end of the day, it's like, if they don't use the software for their customers, they're going to lose 
you know, lots of money. They're going to have to retrench employees. So it's an opportunity to help them change what is possible for them and solve a problem. And if you start to look at it that way, it becomes very different. And of course, the targets are important and everything else, but it's literally about how do you help someone solve a problem that will give them massive results in their business. Right, right. So um, how about you share us, share with us some of the methods or the framework or the systems that you can tell us about leveraging story in sales so the listeners probably can benefit from it so the first thing is always to realize that there's a lot of pre-work before you start telling the stories and the pre-work comes from first of all a understanding your offer really really well you know why is your offer incredible why is your offer irresistible why is your offer rejection proof and that comes because you've done the pre-work and i think people always underestimate the importance of doing that pre-work but it's not only about having that nailed down, it's also about knowing that in the context of your competitors, you know, whatever solution is, like, how are you different? Like with my video production agency, one of the things that I found really resonated with my audience was I'm like, you know, our team, our social scientists, you know, our background is in psychology, anthropology. So we're all about people. And I realized that for many of our clients, that was a, a very big thing that was like, Whenever we said it, like, oh, that, that makes so much sense. Of course, we want to work with you. And then the third level of that is also about understanding the objection that you're going to face and already having in your back pocket stories to address those objections. And oftentimes what happens is we go into a meeting and not everyone, especially for entrepreneurs, have those kind of those, those story drive in their back pocket. So then they stumble and then they doubt themselves and they question if what they actually have is uh, valuable. But you're the one in the driving seat to help people realize, hey, it is valuable because you're helping them anchor things based on the stories that you use. So a lot of it is just understanding um, your customer anxiety and becoming very clear about that and identifying what is the change that they want to create and how can you help them create it. Right. That, that's a great uh, three-step process that you have given, that you have to pre, uh, do your pre-work, understanding what your offer is, creating your differentiation, and then being ready with handling your objections. That what are the questions that your prospect is going to ask you, and then be prepared for it beforehand. And that's where I believe uh, a lot of integration of storytelling can be used. So can you give any tip or any template or a framework of how one can reframe their personal story or a client story to use it in a sales conversation? Yeah. So if your audience wants, I do have a, a free blueprint, which you can download on my website, which is um, the called the salesstorymethod.com slash blueprint. And that walks you through. But the first thing is to realize that for me, the golden rule of telling stories is that effective stories address your audience anxieties. So first off, you need to understand and be empathetic to what your audience is going through. You know, why do they want to change? Why haven't they changed? And what's confusing them about making that change? And that's the first step. And once you realize that, then you can start to uh, craft a story around that that makes sense for them, that helps them move forward in their process of solving that problem. 
right right yeah i in fact talking of anxiety i think uh, as much anxiety the customer or the prospect has the same level of anxiety many a times entrepreneurs or sales professionals have it in themselves also <laughs> so <laughs> they are as <laughs> they are having as sweaty hands as <laughs> the prospect probably before doing the call call or going there to meet and pitching their products so any thoughts on that how to reduce your anxiety Yeah, but I think I think that's the problem. It's because I, th- I think that the thing is, it's part of that pre work is also understanding what value you have. And for me, I don't look at selling as pitching my product. I look at selling as uh, understanding what the customer wants, and at the end of it, like navigating the discussion and the conversation. So at the end, the only option is what you actually have, and that's a different way of looking at a, a sales process versus like I'm there to pitch. I'm there to convince. Right, right. And uh, last one for you, Yasmin. Uh, I know that you say this that sales and money is not a dirty word. I also believe that. So why do you say that? What? Why do you, is this your message? Sales and money is not a dirty word. Because for me, I remember like when I first started off, I always thought that like asking someone for money was not. appropriate like i'm i'm half egyptian right and i'm i'm arab and i think it's very similar in indian culture as well but it's quite shameful to bring up money it's quite shameful to to talk about how much stuff is and and you're not supposed to ask these kind of questions i know that in singapore it's very different in chinese culture they're very happy to speak about money but in in uh the arab culture it wasn't so imagine like this is a narrative that we've taken as childhood and then we go into the world and then we're told to ask somebody for money and our our child brain is like super confused because for maybe 25 years you've been hearing how money was bad and then all of a sudden you're asking me to ask for money which is making a sale and that's also bad and then it's very confusing so it's quite a funny thing how the human brain works and then I, obviously I'm a psychologist so I love this stuff And that's why again I always reframe it. I know I sound like a broken record, but it's literally that, you know, sales storytellers are amazing, powerful problem solvers. And at the end of it, like if something hurts a lot, then I will pay for it. Like if I and I use this this example a lot. If I was a mother and I had a child who wouldn't stop crying for one whole month and someone told me that they could fix that for me, how much would I pay for that? I would pay a lot of money for that. if that pain could go away so you always want to think about how can you be that for somebody else um and if you're thinking that sales and and money are dirty words then you can't show up and help someone be that for someone true true that's a great mindset shift message that you have uh, ended this episode with and uh, thank you so much for having this conversation with us i'm sure the listeners will have lot many takeaways from this one uh, like uh, pinpointing your the pain points of your customers so that you can be the problem solver for them this is uh, really amazing thank you so much yasmin and if people want to connect with you where can they find you you can find me uh, on linkedin you can find me on instagram uh, or at the sales story method and if you're looking to learn more uh, we do have a mini course called the remote sales kit which walks you through through how to go ahead and do that it's a very low price point course about 37 
And it's kind of getting everyone on the same footing, just because I want to see a world where we have so many more problem solvers who are solving big problems for people. Because sometimes what you have to offer to somebody can be truly life-changing for where they are and where they want to be. Right. That, that's superb. I'll also mention the uh, links in the show notes so people can check it out. All thank right. you so much for having this conversation, Yasmin. All right. Thank you for having me, Roshni. Thank you so much for investing your time in listening to this episode. If there is any aha moment or an insight that you've had from this show, do share it as a review on the link given in the show notes. The best way to show your love is to take a screenshot of this episode right now and post it on your Instagram and tag me at Roshni underscore Baronya. And although you might have already done it, but if not, do subscribe to the show so that you do not miss out on any future episodes.